Ready for action? Ready for action. Nipping to the bud. Outcast is everlasting. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that's the perfect intro to episode 90 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. <laughs> we are recording early in the day today, so we might not be super tired. Yeah, uh, this is mostly to make room for my um, flute record recording later in the day. Are you doing covers of just the flute from Aqualung? Uh, no, it's going to be uh, just the flute parts from Jethro Tull. That's who does Aqualung. Wait, really? Yeah. Nah, I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else doesn't know shit about shit? The NHL. Oh, that's a that's <clears throat> a given. But, you know, please enlighten us, Evan. The, the NHL is now 0-2 um, versus players that want to embarrass it this year by doing cool things uh first you got travis dermott with uh some clandestine use of the pride tape and uh then you got mark andre flurry wearing a gorgeous goaltender mask uh honoring native people including his wife um after the nhl told him not to and he said fuck you buddy <laughs> i love the the very blatant comments from the like, well, what do you think about this? And he's like, it's stupid. Yeah, I know. Like, we're not mincing words anymore when it comes to just er addressing the um, idiocy of the PR of the NHL. Sometimes like we are just kicking them while they're down now. It's kind of like it's like the NHL is trying to make us hate it. Like we're we love hockey, but we hate hockey culture. And then the NHL, which is the biggest arbiter of hockey culture in the world, just continuously is like, you know what? We 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 hate most people. Like we we just don't want to like give them any credence in our game. And all the old white guys are like, yeah, get them. You you tell those drag queens who's boss. <laughs> it's like. Why why can't the NHL just like try? Try and have a moment where they don't, you know, fuck everything. Up. Um because they are old and stale like bread that you forgot in your bread drawer several years ago. Man, that that that's not even old and stale. That's just like a ball of mold now. It, I Which wouldn't is, put that past NHL ownership. That's what I would call Gary Bettman's crotch. <laughs> ball of mold. A ball of mold. <laughs> yeah, or um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag Gary Bettman's crotch <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in our social media for this. George Paris's brain could be called a ball of mold. Uh yeah, of which we've got more later. I uh -huh. mean, granted at the same time, he is uh restricted by rather ridiculous policies and uh parts of the union contract it's balls of mold leading the balls of mold yeah and uh, uh there's a cory perry joke in there somewhere but we'll get to him later john tortorella loves talking about balls of mold that's one thing he loves just talking about balls uh, every time they win he's like it's because we has balls today and it's like i uh, he's taking over for the get your pet spader neutered give your balls a tug <laughs> tit fucker um yeah the, the Flurry, of course, wears the mask. No punishment is levied whatsoever against the team or the player. And uh, there are no ramifications for him breaking the rules uh, that are stupid to begin with. No one cared until I wore the mask. <laughs> yeah, like it, he's wearing a mask on Native American Pride Night. Like, why they would just have the audacity to try and tell him not to. And just like, uh, especially when you see people with like, you know, SS's on their masks, like Thomas Grice or like the third Grice. Yeah. Or like cartoon characters. Or, I mean, I think like at one point Robin Lehner had Trump on his mask and like, no one gave a shit. I, I think this also gets filed into the, um, 
don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> like, don't don't tell large bureaucratic organizations that you're going to do something. Just fucking do it. And um, if it has any sort of, you know, cachet with people, they'll turn around and say, yeah, nice job. Um, but if you ask for permission, they'll be like, oh, I don't know. This might be controversial. I looked it up. Yeah, he did have Trump on his mask. That's, yeah, which is uh, very funny. I mean, which was on Armed Forces Night back when he was still in Buffalo, and like, and Trump is, wasn't even president. Then? This is the dude who like created Space Force. Yeah, was Trump even president then? Oh, uh, let's see. Robin Lehner, I made a mistake once putting a Trump sticker on my mask. That is something I regret now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least he's honest. About no it. shit. The snakes, though, those are just a good time. 2017. So oh, okay, so was, Trump wasn't. He was, which honestly maybe makes it worse. I don't know. Like we <laughs> was that like during the, uh, you know, the honeymoon phase when he was only hiring lobbyists into his like campaign and and presidency. Uh, you know, I I don't even I I don't even have an answer for that. Oh, I just remember that whole process. It's like. Dave Chappelle's like, let's give Trump a chance. And then it's like 15 minutes later. All right. I have hired Betsy DeVos and uh, every worst person that you can think of. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, this goes well. (laughs) Thank God that he was just like so incompetent that he couldn't actually be evil. Like He was so incompetent that he couldn't even beat Joe Biden, who is also incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. (sighs) <sighs> anyway of incompetent uh well, well i mean that's been the tenor of the uh of the conversation so far today uh failing upwards uh we'll we'll see if this is a failure or not the nhl announced the details for the all-star game this year or all-star long weekend it looks like it's a three-day festival yeah festival like in midsummer midsummer yeah <laughs> Uh, there's going to be a draft this year, which I think honestly is the more fun way to do it. Uh, you know, get a couple of captains, make them pick their friends and enemies and, and send the kids to war. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, no, I, this isn't Israel. Uh, I, I think the, uh, I think of the all-star draft more as the roast of NHL players than anything else, because that's kind of what it was the first time. And I mean, I'm sad that they're probably not going to get liquored up and then we don't have like Phil Kessel to pick on this time. Um, but the draft was hilarious the first time they did it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's mic people up and make sure that there's enough pre-game booze in each other's right. system yeah a whole lot of a lot of vodka sodas flowing and then um i also think uh some other people pointed this out but you shouldn't be allowed to pick players from your own team like that was one of the lame things about the last one too it was like everyone just wanted to play with their buds and it's like no that's, the, that's not the point with this it's one of the nice things about being a Red Wings fan. If you, you're not picking anybody from your team because there's yeah. only one. Yeah. Poor Clayton Keller's just like there by himself. <laughs> I'm actually really good, but you don't know because I'm in Arizona. I brought Logan Cooley in my luggage. <laughs> he just like pops up. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be in college. <laughs> I think the coolest part about this uh, in a transition to the women's hockey is that there will be a three-on-three PWHL showcase in the Finally. middle of this. Finally, we get to see some PWHL hockey. Yeah, and it'll you know be in the middle of their season. So, you know, that's, that's fun. But, I, guess. I mean, we've been clamoring for professional women's involvement with and the NHL's involvement with them. So this is awesome to see. We're, yeah, it, it seems like kind of sort of Christmas came early with this all-star plan. Um, the only problem is that like the skills competitions will probably still be like eight hours long. Who has that kind of time? Yeah, I know. It's just like, you know, who does have that kind of time is the people that make the commercials. Oh God. I actually watched an entire college football game yesterday and that game could have been a quarter of the length. You deserve an extra honorific because that game was against iowa yeah oh it was 
it was a terrible game. <laughs> uh, punt fest. Yeah, I the I just once I want to see a referee blow the game dead for a TV timeout and say. And TV timeout while we pause to our corporate overlords. <laughs> and, like, people can't be mad about it because he's just speaking the truth. Or just, like, what happens if they just don't show Iowa's offensive series and they just show commercials instead? Like, that might be an upgrade. Like, oh, we're cutting. Ooh. <laughs> we are cutting to Iowa punting again. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like. The fact that Iowa has more yards punting generally than they do on offense is always just a hilarious. Gus Johnson is just like, is like, trust me, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> also in women's hockey, Lee Steckline, who has been a stalwart for the U.S. women's national team for, uh, gosh, like five to ten years now, a long ass time, has stepped away from the U.S. women's national team. It sounds like this is a uh, decision made based off of uh, wanting to focus on the PWHL. Yeah, and you know the U.S. Women's National Team is a huge commitment, and especially when you've got uh, you know a guaranteed contract from the Minnesota something or others. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just having a hard time giving a shit about the team names. So I, I, I don't care. I, I like just assigning them like random temporary names. Like it, it's sort of like, just this, like their jerseys. Yeah. Like, you know, if you have a, uh, an information void, people going to make jokes. That's what we learned with the, uh, Corey Perry Bedard thing. Um, and the PWHL probably needs to understand that too. Yeah. So it's the, uh, the, uh, Minnesota Huggies diapers, the uh, Minnesota princes, the, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Minnesota Lando Lakes butter <laughs> team of the week. I don't know. That I mean, that's, that's sucks. sort of like a Shorzy, like, uh, yeah. Weird sponsor, but something that's very much of the place. Yeah. the, uh, they'll have like a jersey patch for uh i don't even know things like target targets and <laughs> yeah actually that would be a good sponsor for them um be a great sponsor uh and like they put like the target logo like slightly off center on the goalie jersey <laughs> or they're like all over that would be pretty funny um yeah it's like a swedish league hockey jersey but right. only target logos i love making up fake ass team names too much so like i don't know i just see this as like a gift to me from pwhl yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> the opposite of a gift is when your beloved detroit red wings sign one of the like all around douchiest players in the NHL who also <laughs> happened to play for the Chicago hockey team for like 15 <laughs> years. Um, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Iser Kane. I hate everything about this. Um, even if it works out well, I'm sad. I, I was thinking we could do this bit and just like not mention Chicago. Like, you know, New York Rangers icon, Patrick Kane. Um, well, I would love to, but like the whole being part of the cover up of the Kyle Beach assault yeah. uh, makes it kind of necessary like, to like. Yeah, the mental image of Patrick Kane being the one saying homophobic slurs on in practice is like too perfect. It's not even a mental image. Like, <laughs> like there's probably video somewhere <laughs> that just hasn't surfaced yet. We're going to get that like 2010 practice Zapruder film uh, that was like filmed on a <laughs> on an iphone 4 just like i mean my my money's still sort of on andrew shaw but was he even around in 2010 no i think he was a later edition but like i mean we we also have evidence of like we have a past history of him like yelling homophobic things at people so yeah, i know like, that's what i'm saying like, it's like uh, my my like, odds on that guy oh wait maybe he wasn't around in 2010 well no patrick kane did that too yeah but, yeah so it's like you know like we <sighs> 
I'm I'm excited for the Red Wings to be good and they're fairly good this year and that's fun. Um adding a player that is just kind of a piece of shit is <laughs> it's a real bummer. I compared it to when they added Todd Bertuzzi and like that sucked too. At least this is only a one-year deal. I think Todd was there for like four years, and I was just like, uh, him again. And you had to deal with his son. Nephew. I, oh, that's right, nephew. Yeah, um, it, yeah I, I think this makes a lot of sense. They're paying him $2.75 million prorated from something else. Um, but it's sort of just, you're taking a flyer on a guy who's got a high ceiling. Um, you're paying him less than Ben Chirot you're probably not putting him in on the like top line or top power play. So he could be a pretty nice advantage on like a second power play. If if that works out, it will be interesting to see how he is, you know, put like, I don't think you bring in Patrick Kane to play on your third line, right? No, he's, he's a top six guy, but like, yeah, how you juggle around trying to put him back with to but like not expose him defensively is a little bit of an interesting tactical challenge because he is cooked defensively. <laughs> and like you're as the Red Wings, like you're not great defensively. You're ostensibly bringing him in to like continue to outscore everybody. Um, and just, which they've been very good at this right, year. <laughs> yeah. Eisenman like, just realized like, okay, I got a, I got a boat race teams. Uh, let's, let's bring in a bigger motor. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a chance it works out, right? There's a very good chance it works out. Uh, you know, granted the fact that nobody has ever come back from this surgery yeah. and like finished a season, right. uh, doesn't bode well. Uh, Patrick Kane is better than all of the other players who have tried that, but That's not true. by a lot. Like Nick Backstrom is a very good player. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Ed Jovanovsky tried to come back from it. Granted, that was like 15 years ago. So yeah, medicine is mean, probably medicine pretty is different. a little different. Yeah, and like I also think that Backstrom and Kane's injuries were maybe of slightly different scales. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it. It's a gamble. Like Eiserman is taking a gamble here. The good thing is he's not, you know, he's not gonna, if Kane like plays one game and goes back on the shelf forever, like, oh well, all he's done is lose his owner's money. Which, you know, they're making a hand over fist with their pizza yeah, pizza, right. so whatever. Yeah, rumor is it that uh Kane mostly signed for uh unlimited little Caesar's pizza. Uh, you know, that's not a bad deal. Pizza, pizza. I I know Little Caesars sucks, but there's still like a just oh, like yeah. a sweet spot in there for me. Same, yeah. I, I enjoy it too. I have a similar sweet spot for like Papa John's. Yeah. Uh just like that that taste of kind of subpar pizza that you like need garlic sauce for. Yeah. The uh crazy bread is still very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um but the thing is, yeah, Patrick Kane, like he's he's coming to Detroit essentially in a black Friday deal. Yeah. There were a lot of rumors that like he was going to go for 5 million or something like that. So <laughs> getting him for less than half of that, cause that salary is going to be prorated. Yeah. I feel like Eisman was just like, buddy, you're not getting anything better than this. <laughs> well, I mean, there were rumors that a bunch of other teams were interested. And then all of a sudden there were rumors that it was like just Florida and Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so, that might be true. Like, right. I, I think one contenders didn't have, don't have a lot of cap space. Mm-hmm. The Red Wings are a possible playoff team. Uh, Florida did not have cap space. Right. And so they would have had to make some, some, uh, some Cardi B money moves. <laughs> uh, you know, they don't dance now. They make money moves. <laughs> uh, would have had to make some moves in order to make it work. So, you know, him coming to Detroit makes a lot of sense. Like, on every level, it makes a lot of sense, except for in my heart and in my soul. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> honestly, that's the only thing I give a fuck about. So um, I will still watch pretty much every Red Wings game this season. You're just going to boo the uh, entire time he's on the ice? In my head, absolutely. <laughs> and when he scores a goal, I'm going to be like, yeah, well, he was probably saying he was probably saying homophobic slurs when he shot it. So. 
you're totally right though it's a very low cost low risk whatever like it is Mm -hmm. a gamble but if it doesn't work out okay yeah it seems like the largest risk is moral yeah yeah and i remember (laughs) or not even like so much moral as like pride i was i was shit posting on uh the athletic message board somebody was like oh i bet you he'll be a great mentor for young players i was like no he won't mentor he's how to find some blow he's a piece of shit (laughs) like i don't want him anywhere near lucas raymond (laughs) like (laughs) you stay away from my jake wallman yeah that uh, Jake Wallman can take care of himself. That's true. He's a grown ass man at this point. He's like 27. Ooh, yeah. Um, so going from slashed prices to slashed players, um, Jacob Truba done did swung for the fences slash faces and hit uh, poor Travis Frederick in the head uh, with his stick, apparently um, accidentally, even though it really didn't look all that accidental to your average person. To, it didn't look accidental to anyone. Yeah. Um, and also, it's Jacob Truba. He's, right. He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Lambert said it best. It's like, this guy puts a couple people in the hospital every year. Uh, it's just a question of, are they clean hits or not? Yeah. Um, he, to his credit, Truba did like look kind of befuddled when this happened and uh he must have i don't know apologized to frederick like right away or something because it only got treated as like an accident which was very surprising from the optics um he got the hilarious maximum five thousand dollar fine uh so that someone somewhere can go buy like a mid-2000s honda and uh he, if they're lucky, used yeah. car prices are through the roof. <laughs> to his credit, he kind of hilariously like took responsibility. He was like, "Yeah, uh, I, sorry, I totally agree with this. Fine, taking and leaving. <laughs> like, I am taking this minimum punishment and running away." <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah. Oh yes, I accept this fine. It's like it's like six minutes of your season. Like, of yeah. course you're accepting the fine. <laughs> this represents less than one shift of your time. <laughs> um, conversely, Brendan Smith got suspended for two games for similarly violent yet not to the head slash of uh, Travis Konechny. It was sort of, it was like a over the back kind of thing. And, and I think he got him in the hands pretty good too, but I don't know. I'm kind of on the mind that like, yes, even if Truba's swing to Frederick's head, like could be considered an accident. I think it sets a kind of silly precedent to not just make him sit one game, whether or not it was an accident. Like I get, yeah. Like whether or not it was an accident, like it was also a violence. Like, I'm sorry. There's no, if, if we're like still all like, oh, that's not a hockey play when Adam Johnson died. Swinging your stick head height is not a hockey play. <laughs> it's not. Even if it's like you were kind of rotating your weight around and and have your stick come up accidentally. I mean, the, the good news is that, you know, Frederick was unhurt. Like he got hit right in the center of the helmet. Um, But yeah, the the optics of this, especially given that like, the Department of Player on Safety has been doing okay this season, um, handing out you know multi-game suspensions for some big hits. Um, you know, I, they're usually kind of falling over and farting on themselves, but this season they've been doing okay. And I don't know. I think this is the first thing that I sort of majorly disagree with. George Peros has a history of like trying to pass farts by like cupping them in his hand and then like throwing them in his own face. <laughs> <laughs> um like J- what makes this more befuddling is Jacob Truba is a repeat offender. Sure. He's in known quantity at this point and if Jacob Truba isn't getting suspended for baseball swinging at a dude's head what are, what are we even doing, right? Yeah, and I mean not to say that he's like the dirtiest player on the planet, but he's a pretty physical guy and occasionally he crosses the line. I mean, he actually had a pretty impressive play the other day where he hit um one of Philly's stars while like Jacob Delorier is like chasing him around the rink and like draped all over. Him. And he still <laughs> manages to like lay out another player. It's like, 
all right, you know, it, you're not all bad, but. Well, he's a bit of a monster, too. Like, he's a huge guy. Yeah, it, a bit of a monster is a good way to describe the way he plays. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not something where you would tend to give someone the benefit of the doubt. So going from the uh, the violence of the rink to the unfortunate violence off the rink, alleged violence off the rink, uh, Milan Lucic was arrested in Boston uh, earlier last week um, on domestic uh, domestic violence charges. Assault and battery specifically. He was arrested and arraigned uh, and pled no, not guilty to the charges. According to the police report, police responded to a call by his wife saying that he had tried to choke her. Reportedly, Lucic couldn't find his cell phone and started yelling at her, alleging, allegedly believing that she had hidden it from him. And when she tried to walk away, he grabbed her by her hair, pulled her backwards and said, you're not going anywhere. Um, wow. How dramatic. Which, you know, just kind of comes off as like a terrifying incident, really. Yeah, um, and like some just serious domestic abuser shit. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody's terribly surprised from the way that Malone has carried himself over his career uh, on and off the ice. But this is... You know, a terrible incident to hear about. I know he was um, somewhat liked by a lot of people. And so that's one of the reasons that a lot of the um, kind of statements from the team and things like that have sounded a little hollow. It's because, well, like he was well known to them. And uh, it's really hard to find out that someone you know and work with commits domestic violence. You know, this is not the first incident uh, of this nature in Milan Lucic's career. There was a, an incident in, I believe, 2011, mm-hmm. in which he allegedly uh, committed some acts against a, a girlfriend at the time. And, you know, that's 12 years ago. So Yeah, but it, it, you know. it shows pattern. Yeah. Um, 12 years ago, police said that he was, quote unquote, hostile and intoxicated and uh then when they asked him questions he hit them with the iconic line do you know who i am and following a trend uh police believed he was intoxicated when they uh when they arrived at the apartment uh on november 18th they did find a broken lamp and some broken glass in the bedroom of the apartment and they also took some pictures of what they say appeared to be redness on his wife's chest. We're not going to, you know, speculate what happened here or, you know, the veracity of things Mm -hmm. as with any, any circumstances, we believe survivors and we believe victims. And we, you know, just hope that out of this tragedy that Milan Lucic's wife is getting the care and the help and the support that she needs in what is, you know, obviously a very trying and difficult time. And hopefully that, you know, and honestly, hopefully as this plays out, Milan Lucic gets the support that he needs from a rehabilitation and a learning and growth and evolving as a human standpoint. You know, we want something like this. And again, it's alleged happens. The perpetrator in this, we do need to take care of them in an effort to make sure that something like this does not happen again yeah, with them. And you so, want to you want to believe that they can learn and show other people that that you know might approach something like this that like you don't have to. You know there's there's a way to not escalate domestic violence to a point where you need to be arrested and charged. Like it, he you know there are so many off ramps to not committing domestic violence take those learn those and obviously he didn't and failed and uh yeah i hope that his wife just gets a resolution to the criminal aspect and the personal aspect of her relationship that that she feels is is appropriate and makes her feel safe um that's the the most important thing in all of this and um milan was released on bail and uh his Conditions included a no abuse order, and he's refrained from drinking alcohol, to which he responded by enrolling in the player assistance program. Now, uh, there is nothing funny about domestic violence of any sort. But on a side note, can we talk about 
the sepia-toned Mumford and Sons photo that is Milan Lucic's mugshot. Yeah, for some reason, the Boston police like took Milan Lucic's photo on a daguerreotype camera from the 1800s and then like released it sort of off angle. Like it sort of looks like like death photographs of Billy the Kid or like, you know, photos from the Wild West. <laughs> It's like he just came out of the writing sessions that produced the cave. Like, <laughs> looks, he looks like he's been arrested for bootlegging. If there's one thing that we can make fun of in this situation, um, and we we do try and make light of that which is appropriate, it's that this mugshot is completely ridiculous. And I hope that actually all mugshots in Boston are sepia tone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a very funny like side thing like oh okay you know here's our uh here's our boston police mugshot dark room well like they they get to choose yeah <laughs> you don't get you, you don't get to choose jury or um bench trial you get to choose like you know uh do you want a film which booking Instagram photo filter you want for your for your tone yeah i mean if anything we're consistent we've been making fun of Milan Lucci's look like, looking like a dope for a long time. So this is uh, this is nothing if not sticking to our guns. Um, sticking to some off-ice incidents, but going from the awful and purely damaging to just the weird and unexplainable. Corey Perry. This is the oddball story of the year in the NHL. So it far. really is. I mean, like, where is Corey Perry? No one knows. He's... Totally not fucking moms, allegedly, but uh, what he did, why he's no longer with the team and why they're canceling this contract exactly is uh, still unknown and the subject of lots of conjecture. In fact, so much conjecture, it became really, really fucking awkward for Connor Bedard. It got to the point where everybody and their mother was... Ha was uh, having to explain uh, explain the situation or rather say that the internet scuttlebutt was not the situation in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the, the Chicago hockey team came out and said that the incident w- occurred at kind of like a team-slash-sponsor mixer sort of thing and involved another, a team staffer and Corey Perry being highly intoxicated. Yeah, basically, Corey Perry did what um, Bradley Cooper did in A Star Is Born, and uh, you know he embarrassed he embarrassed everyone by being a drunk asshole somehow. Uh, I mean, I, that just feels kind of typecasting for Bradley Cooper at this point, right? <laughs> a little bit. Um, the crazy rumor that started is that. Connor Bedard's mother had slept with Corey Perry on a mom's trip. Um, and this only got started because Chicago kept things mum, as you would kind of expect with a workplace incident. Um, the, but the fact that it was the Chicago hockey team, the Chicago Bedards, um, that it had, you know, bad things go on before and their silence be part of the problem it really kind of created a void that led to this wild rumor just running along like wildfire people took every single bit of information that came out as another opportunity to be like see 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 he fucked Connor bedard's mom and it was like And I, you know, I obviously didn't do it in the media, but with my friends, I was like, oh my God, what if this is true? Like, yeah, it was like a thing that got shared ad nauseum because you kind of went like, this is crazy and totally impossible, but it's really funny to think about. Yeah. And it's, it's something where, again, the lack of information, that vacuum, that informationless vacuum will always get filled by internet noise. And so like at this point, like you'd think teams and people and whatever corporations would realize that that's going to happen and just give the nugget of information that makes sure that we know that he didn't fuck Connor Bernard's mom and like give us that much. So the internet speculation is at least more focused into, oh, well, he probably like grabbed the ass of the staffer or something, you know, like who knows, whatever it was. 
like the lack of information creates a void that the internet fills. It's really that he had squirted water into Jeff Carter's glove during a game. And so people just thought he did something similar. Yeah. <laughs> squirted something. Uh, that's the joke. Um, it, so yeah, Davidson gets up there after a couple days after this had sort of ran rampant and, um, he is visibly shook as he talks about, you know, that the fact that they're going to release Corey Perry and, and uh, terminate his contract. You get the sense that he's he likes Corey and is sort of being forced to do this by the situation and, and everyone involved. Um, but yeah, he's being dismissed for unspecified violations involving a team staffer at some sort of uh team event while traveling that involved um, other people like sponsors and things. Um, <clears throat> it, it, Bedard was later asked by Winnipeg media, a bunch of annoying questions about the rumors and like how they affected him and stuff. And it was really broached in a very kind of aggressive way and not the way that um, or a lot of other media members thought that it should have been handled. And to his credit, the Winnipeg owner after the game, got on the Blackhawks bus and made it over to Connor Bedard and personally apologized for people that don't work for him, for, for the staff, for the, uh, the media members, you know, sort of in the Winnipeg scrum. Um, I thought that that was a pretty classy move. You know, we poop on Winnipeg a lot, but like, it's cool to see something like that go down. Yeah. I mean, it shows that there are good people in the hinterlands. Right. There are, you know, we, we maybe won't visit, uh, but we can respect them. If I want to go see Neil Young's childhood home <laughs> and a Red Wings game. Also that, um, yeah, this, this whole situation is, uh, it's kind of just ridiculous because like the guy who played the villain for his entire career yeah. ends up being the villain. <laughs> like he wasn't playing anything. It just turns out that's just him. He is the villain. And you know, now he is, I, I would guess out of the NHL for good now. Yeah. He too has uh, entered the player assistance program. And uh, Corey Perry also did put out a, pretty well written and seemed honest uh apology uh, it reads like he knows that this was his kind of dismissal from his hockey career um it he would can go play with yager <laughs> yeah i mean he was productive enough on the ice i think but just maybe people don't want to deal with i don't know the off off ice drama. I mean, I'm not sure if he was ever really known for off ice drama before this, but I'm always on ice. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was like just a pest and sometimes actually just like super funny, like with the whole Mike Richards glove thing I mentioned. Um, I, I always sort of like joke about like Corey Perry. He's actually getting dismissed for like, microwaving fish in the locker room or something or like he like replied all to a company email as somebody who's a repeated victim of the company-wide reply all if that's what he did <laughs> he fucking deserved this dismissal um but good god do we wish we were a fly on the wall to figure out what he did who he pissed off what he said to get his contract fucking just wiped off the face of the, the planet like <laughs> it's wild and a lot of people are pointing out that it's a little wild to see these two back to back and like cory perry is immediately his contract is canceled whereas lucic is his contract is is still in place and that would be because of terms of the cba um cory perry his incident being a workplace matter um they have a whole lot more reign with which to to dismiss him, whereas uh, Lucic's being a criminal matter, they have to follow some pretty clear steps, and they can't just like unilaterally cancel his contract. 
Well, I mean, they already tried that with uh, Mitchell Miller, and that didn't go well. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they have egg on their face about canceling contracts already. I mean, the Boston police probably like just grabbed his contract and tore him up, tore it up just to save him the effort on the way out. But. <laughs> All right, we got some uh, some some quick hits here to finish off the the. The episode, uh, the first uh, is uh, Vancouver making money moves like Cardi B. They traded Anthony Beauvillier to Chicago for a fifth rounder while simultaneously almost trading for Nikita Zadorov from Calgary. They gave up a, uh, well, effectively nothing to get <laughs> a very good defenseman. Uh, they got a tw- they gave up a 2026 20, third rounder and a fifth rounder next year. Um, and then, and then they immediately got the fifth rounder back for Anthony Beauvillier. So, um, Nikita is free. Good, good job. (laughs) Vancouver. Uh, I mean, how long has it been since we've said that? Right. Um, they've been making some smart moves. I mean, the, the Philip Peronic trade was poo pooed by like everybody in the off season and now looks like the best trade of the off season (laughs) for Um, both teams too. Yeah. Um, Anthony Beauvillier just like, looks like he belongs in Chicago. Like, Oh, don't say that about a guy. That's mean. <laughs> he just sort of like, looks like some dude you would find like outside of the cubby bear or something. <laughs> he's just like, is he like kind of paunchy and like, yeah, he just looks like a frat bro. Like, shitty hot dogs. He looks like a human brat doll. And I just like <laughs> always find that very funny. He's just like perfectly quaffed and uh, elegantly uh, disheveled. Yeah. Um, in, also, in other news, Tyson Berry was given permission by the Nashville Predators to seek a trade, to find a trade partner for him. Uh, he has seen his time on ice re- greatly reduced. He is supposedly getting a healthy scratch tonight. I didn't check that. Rumor has it that um, Ken Holland has been calling him constantly, but he's ignoring his calls. Uh, I mean, straight up for Darnell Nurse. Uh <laughs> That would no, be they want Dar- their first pairing would be Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse. That's how fucking Ken Holland works. That would be so funny. I mean, that is that is all offense, no defense. That is great. We'll see. We'll see how the uh, the market develops for Tyson Berry. He, you know, he he runs a mean power play when given a chance, but he's not very good in his own end, so you have to shelter him a lot. So, and it's also just like a little unclear what's going on in nashville like are they good are they bad are they gonna sell are they gonna buy like it's kind of the same story that it's been the past couple of years with nashville like they're gonna be on the playoff bubble and maybe buy or sell and just kind of i don't know it, it, commitment to mediocrity like you see at the university of iowa uh takes it really it, it takes hard work. They are the mushy middle. <laughs> the mushy middle. Yeah. Uh, nothing Nothing more Midwestern than the mushy middle, right? Uh, I'm rocking that Midwestern mushy middle right now. Uh, me good. too. Uh, speaking of mushy, the Penguins, they're doing kind of poorly. Uh, they have scored zero goals in their last 26 power plays. That's not good. Yeah, especially when you traded for Eric Carlson specifically to run your power play. Yeah, uh, very, very funny. Like, they, um, I don't know. Is this not wasting the last couple years of, of Gino and Sid? Like, it, it's very, very odd. Give Kyle Dubas credit. He honestly got a very friendly deal for Eric Carlson. He knows what the gig is in Pittsburgh. And he went out and tried. And... It was it was an admirable swing. You've got to give him credit for that. It's just not working out so far. Uh, as of right now, I think the Penguins are something like seven or eight points out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're not doing well. Um, which I don't. I think that, I think a lot of people are surprised. They have the look of like a team that can maybe turn it around, or at least they do on paper. Yeah, as of right now, they are, I guess they're only like two points out of a wild card spot, but they just don't look good. <laughs> and so like, and they are still, you know, rebounding from a very, very bad start to the season. 
So is there an opportunity there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as of right now, you've got teams like uh, the Red Wings who, you know, may or may not be good. Um, The Caps, who have looked dreadful for most of the year, are shockingly in the playoffs. Right. Uh, And the Islanders, who are the Islanders. So, like... We're getting a whole lot of failing upwards. Yeah, there's definitely an opportunity for... uh, upward mobility and it's like you've entered a corporation that has a very clearly defined uh structure for moving up to better yourself um which doesn't exist but uh in this case you can see washington kind of falling apart you can see the islanders falling apart you can't sigh see the red wings falling apart (laughs) so like there's there's a definite uh opportunity for you know it's it's very much all still in play for uh, Pittsburgh, but numbers like that, they don't, uh, they don't inspire a lot of confidence. You know, when numbers also don't inspire a lot of confidence is the um, NHL's new puck tracking and um, player skate speed tracking uh, called NHL edge um, that they've debuted. It's very funny because it gives you like, information on like the fastest skaters and the hardest shots and stuff. Um, but you can't figure out who the slowest people are or you like the, the slowest shooters. Like it very much like deliberately obfuscates that data. Um, but one of the things it's me, (laughs) um, I mean, I, I I definitely have the the hundred percent slower than you. Oh, I'm, I'm slower skater than you. Um, so yeah, a the previously mentioned Phil Peronic, um he was recorded with the hardest shot so far seen this season, coming in at a whopping 107.9 miles an hour, which um according to them ranks in the top three historically. Makes sense considering it was coming on a beautiful one time from Quinn Hughes. Um so you know you had you're, you're stacking momentums, right? If you're redirecting a one-time shot. Um, my brother and I were talking about this and my brother has a bad hip from his time in the military. And he was talking about how somebody almost blocked that shot and how oh, no. that would cause their hip to be in worse shape than his own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, like, yeah, yeah, no, don't just let that go. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick anybody. You see, you see the full momentum of that, and you're like, nah, nah, you, no thanks. You, like, you matador the yeah. hell out of that. You're like, yeah. I'm out of here. You no. get away like those defensemen in the Mighty Ducks, like just out of the way of that shot. <laughs> when Fulton uh, Reed's, yeah, exactly. Up. The max speed of a player so far this year is uh, Rasmus Kupari uh, with 23. 0.95 miles per hour. If you measure in like amount of speed bursts, uh, Nathan McKinnon's your fastest player, which any about anyone could predict. Um, he's got 25 speed bursts of 22 miles per hour or more. Behind him is like Bray- oh no, yeah, oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Shea Theodore's famous words after he's about to just get ran around like he's the New Jersey Turnpike. <clears throat> Nathan McKinnon. Obviously, very fast player, but things start to fall apart when you look at some of like last year's stats. Um, for which fastest skater Tyler Myers, the fastest skater was measured at, at, at as, as Jack Johnson, mm. which uh, I, I can see it. I assume he was falling when that was measured, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there was just a cop in the audience with a speed gun. It was like yeah. thirty-one. Nice job, Jack. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's like some some moment out of like the rookie, like ah, you th- you threw thirty one miles an hour, you old man. <laughs> this is a fun portal to interact with. I like stats, obviously, and it's fun to compare. But it's also like very strange. Like you can tell that they are just trying to completely make sure that no one can analyze like the lower end of any of these statistics. <laughs> I think Greg Wyshynski did figure out who the slowest skater was. Um, 
uh, it was probably like Tyler Myers or Ben Chirot, but nobody actually knows because um, all this shit's behind a paywall now. I do want to say this. <laughs> uh, ben Chirot, the like advanced stats, he's actually having a really good year, shockingly. Yeah, he, he can uh, be all right. He's, um, he's still not worth his contract, but he's like one of the more effective defensemen for the Red Wings, which again, doesn't say much. He's actually been relatively solid this year so kudos mm-hmm. to him um he still sucks uh, but like <laughs> good job turning it around this year you're not a massive boat anchor on Moritz Sider's uh life or career anymore <laughs> no um the wild have cast off their massive boat anchor. speaking of boat anchors yeah uh i the wild have fired dean their head coach dean evison um because they suck <laughs> Uh, and none of their good players are good. Yeah, and there is a big rumor out there that Kaprizov is playing hurt um, or hasn't fully recovered from the injury he suffered at the end of last season. Mm. Uh, that rumor was enhanced by Dean Evison, by, oh, yeah. who talked about it after he got fired, mm. saying like, oh, I probably shouldn't say this, but yeah, Kirill's been playing hurt and he's just not 100%. And it's like, uh, oh, I, I mean, that's like, a fu- that makes my fantasy team feel so much better. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a fine thing for a coach to say. <laughs> yeah. An honest thing for him to say would be like, yeah, you know, guys, the real reason I got fired is because I wasn't getting uh, average goaltending. Like, the, the goaltending for Minnesota has just been horrible. Yeah, and Gustafson has fallen off a cliff. Right. Uh, you know, there's a reason that this mask is the first time we talked about Flurry all year. Like, it, <laughs> it's been a rough year. Yeah. Yeah. He's not been good. Yeah, I think they're getting like 870 goals goaltending or something. And like, that's just, it's not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. John Hines was picked as Dean Evison's replacement, which I think um, confuses everybody. Um, because didn't Nashville like get better the second time, the second that they got rid of him? As did, uh, as did New Jersey. Yeah. However, uh, the Wild have won their letter, their, all three of their games under John Hines. Um, Maybe they're more interested in like the coach that they hire after they fire him. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Wild suck, right? So, they're, I mean, they're next to last in the Central. The only team worse than them is the Chicago hockey team. And the Chicago races mascot. <laughs> <The> Ch- <laughs> um, and so, the it. They've, they have a huge hole to climb. They're hoping for that Craig Berube, uh, Jordan Bennington sort of like, uh, rise from the ashes moment. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, especially if Kirill Kreisov's hurt, like you aren't winning shit this year. Yeah. Matthew Boldy has also not been good. Um, Marco, Marco Carlo Rossi has looked like he might be a real player this year, but it hasn't been enough to make up for Black and Boldy's production. You know, on the plus side, they only have one more year after this of absurd uh, cap hits against them for canceling Zach Parise and Ryan Suter's contracts. So, yeah, boy. You know, wouldn't you want to just have an extra 12 million of player right now? 14. <laughs> Is it 14 this year? $7 million. Oof, buddy. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. Yeah. Couldn't just ride that one out. But yeah, if you're getting just awful dog shit team goaltending, odds on chance that your coach is going to get canned. If they can't make any, you know, real changes to the GM, the goalies, the if your cap hit, it can't grow. Like, all right, time to can the coach. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, Okay, Bill Guerin has shot a shot now. Like he fired his coach. Now what? Yeah, and there's some rumors that Bill Guerin, you know, gave them a, a bit of a riot act talking that, to. That and didn't work. <laughs> yeah, was not as effective as the one in in uh, San Jose because um, they came back from Europe and have sucked shit ever since. So, speaking of Europe, uh, we had some friends come over from across the pond, Harry and Megan, for uh, th- this. Second is mostly for my mother, who's a huge uh, uh, English fanatic. Um, Harry and Meghan. Anglophile. Yeah. Uh, that, that's does, just too nice of a term. She, does she realize that 
we fought two wars to not give a fuck about the royal family. Agreed. Okay. Um, so Harry and Meghan went to a no Canucks game and uh, uh, just hilarity ensued. Like, I, I love how the stoicism of British people just makes them look like utter buffoons sometimes. <laughs> okay, so they brought Harry out to uh, do the ceremonial puck drop. And which in and of itself is fucking absurd. <laughs> right. And uh, uh, he didn't know that he actually had to drop the puck. And so he's just like hanging on to it. And. Uh, uh, Did like it, Quinn it, Hughes it, pass him a J before the game? Like, he must have. He's up there with Quinn Hughes and uh, uh, who I'm not sure. Fuck. Captain for what team? As assistant captain. Oh, it's, Yeah. So he's up there with Quinn Hughes and Tomas Hurdle and like, you know, they, they take the picture, right? And then like Tomas Hurdle has to turn to him and be like, yeah, you're supposed to drop the puck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'll drop the puck. Like, like Harry's, he's just like awkward Hugh Grant moment. Like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You need to drop the puck. Oh, they've seen me dancing around in my underpants. <laughs> Missed that point completely. Uh, and then um, I think this is like something that every NHL fan got a kick out of is uh, they got very confused by a disallowed goal on an offsides call. <laughs> They're like visibly like, wow. Which is exactly <laughs> what happens in soccer. Yeah, I know. It's very funny. I mean, I guess offsides is, you know, it's a different rule for them in, yeah. in, in soccer. And Also, and, Megan Markle's a fucking American. <laughs> sure. But um, she was in suits, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think any of us get why some of these goals get disallowed. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I could get on another soapbox, like, there was a goal that was totally a goal last week that just got, like, they just decided, nah. nah. Like, you could see it on replay behind the line. This was two weeks ago now. I think it was something I wanted to talk about back then, but... um Kind of forgot about it. Yeah, it was Jacob Silverberg versus the Panthers. And, like, it's late in the third. They review it to everyone in the the viewing area and in the stands who can see the replay. The puck is in the net, and they call it a no-goal. Panthers go on to win. I don't know. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, what are we doing here with video review? And I think... This week we got a a goal disallowed after like sixty seconds of play on an offsides. Yeah, and like we there needs to be some sort of a rule that cuts out on those. Got to like, throw the challenge flag on the ice. Nobody he was offside. Challenge nobody flag. fucking likes when you play for a minute and and you know the puck changes hands and like then the whole play is negated by an offsides that nobody can even remember at that point. If there's any culture that should understand bad video review, it's fans of the English Premier League. So, like, <laughs> Harry should know. Yeah, yeah, Harry should know. Well, Meghan Markle also in one episode of The League. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's why he's uh, he's the spare hockey fan. <laughs> uh, and with that, we are a spare podcast to many of you, but we love you and thank you for listening. This will do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, you can find us all over that shady, destruct- destructive, terrible place known as the Internet. Our website, which is handsomehockey.com, should be safe and stable. Even if it tells you it's not. Yeah. Our Instagram is Handsome Hockey Podcast, Handsome Hockey on Thread, at Handsome Hockey on X. Uh, (laughs) Don't give it to you. HandsomeHockeyPod at gmail.com. If you want to email us for some godforsaken reason, we actually don't even check that email address because it's full of spam. Um, uh, we we check it. Uh, we just haven't gotten any. Nah. So handsome hockey Facebook page is your spot for us on that elder millennial uh, jubilation <laughs> place, and we're on YouTube. We are in the spirit of the British. Um, we would like to wish you a happy tea time tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> not that you need it, because I'm sure your life's lives are full of joy and bliss. 
But, uh, you know, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we will try and get at least one more episode out before the mad dash of the holidays hits us. And Evan and I are both cavorting around the uh, <laughs> the Midwest like drunken sailors. Yeah, people are already starting to like push off shit to the new year. But I think we can get, I don't know, one or two more episodes in maybe. I've been pushing maybe. shit off to the new year since like August. So. <laughs> it's eighth month. We're just rounding up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be busy uh, with Halloween and Thanksgiving. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I've got a podcast and like we're really working hard on yes. it. Also, I take yeah. Boxing Day really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, flag Day. Mm. Flag Day in the summer, mm-hmm. I think. But anyways, <laughs> I, you know what? This is going to be the best Flag Day ever. Thank you all so much for listening, for sticking with us. And uh, stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau tous les mondes.